From Santa Barbara, California, the Timeless Voyager series, where the knowledge is timeless and you are the Voyager. Interviews with leading-edge authors and speakers, psychic phenomena and the unexplained, UFOs, extraterrestrial encounters, government cover-ups, alternative health care, new technologies. Fasten your cosmic seatbelts and join me, your host, Bruce Stephen Holmes, the Timeless Voyager. Hello, everyone. Bruce Stephen Holmes for Timeless Voyager. How would you like to improve your communication skills, be more creative, develop psychic gifts that you may or may not even know you have, improve your health, and even improve your belief systems? Well, today's guest, Dr. Jennifer Freed, has more than 30 years' experience as a depth psychologist. I don't know what that means, and I'm going to ask her social-emotional trainer, astrologer, and she's the author of 10 books relating to personal growth. She explains how your astrological birth chart can point you to the life you want and offers self-assessments to pinpoint your most effective strategies. I wish I had known someone like her when I first got involved in all of these things. In her recent book, a map to your soul, she will help answer those questions. Now, on her website, and, and what a beautiful website it is, folks, Jennifer says, discover your cosmic DNA, awaken your highest potential, deepen your relationships, your impact, and your daily joy. Dr. Jennifer Freed, welcome to Timeless Voyager. I love the title of your show because I think that's what drives us all that are interested in something beyond the ego, which is a timeless voyage. <laughs> Thank you. That was well, well said. I appreciate that. I thought that we could start out a little bit by talking about some of these books. Well, Peace Q, let's start with that one. Great. Okay. I wrote this book because my partner, Randy, and I started a nonprofit called AHA in 1999 dedicated to raising up the emotional and social intelligence of teachers, parents, and teenagers. And somewhere in the midst of those years of that nonprofit, we created a program called the Peace Builders Program, which is still going strong in Santa Barbara. And at the time, we were constantly developing curriculum for the teenagers, teachers, and parents. And I thought it would be a great idea to have it in a book. So I invented this idea, Peace Q, Peace Intelligence Quota. And the book is really dedicated to helping people find peace within, peace between us, and peace among us. And oh my gosh, has this book become more relevant as we see that so many people are harmed by violence and war and aggression. And my fondest desire is to really change this place on earth from one of violence and harm to one of peace. So the book is a very practical instructional guide on how to develop that for yourself and with others. How about another one? 
So this is a workbook, Empowering Yourself with Emotional Intelligence. One of the most important things we need to do to develop compassion is stop othering people. As you know very well, Bruce, dedicated to what you are dedicated to, until we know that we're in a unified field and that we're all humans and we all deserve dignity and respect, we can't really change the earth to be something that belongs to everyone and everyone's basic needs are met. So we have to start with compassion, compassion for ourselves, compassion for others. Again, it's a workbook for people to really examine their level of compassion and how to expand it. All right. What about uh, what's next? Use your planets wisely. I love that title. I, lo I, I really do. I think that's a great title. Well, that's good that you love it because my publisher didn't love it so much and I had to fight to keep it. Um, the Sounds True published this two years ago in 2020. It's my first explicitly depth psychology astrology book. So what do we mean by that? Depth psychology is the practice of deciphering the dreams and the unconscious and realizing that we all come in with shadow and light. And this astrology book is really like a textbook to look at your own astrology chart in depth and learn to realize that in every moment we're either acting from a fearful reptilian brain place, a functioning place, or a really remarkable evolving place. And the book goes through your chart. Once you have it, you can get it for free online. You can look through this book and learn just so much about your potential and about how to use your planets wisely. We all have a birth chart with the sun, moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Chiron, Neptune, and Pluto. And the book takes us through what does that mean and how do we evolve with our own cosmic DNA, which is what you're born with is your cosmic DNA. What you do with it is your free will. How about relationships? Oh, yes. Well, Relationship Wisdom is a book that's dedicated to making sure that we have healthy sexuality and self-respect no matter what gender you are or what identity you have it's so important that we consider the sacred vessel as sovereign when we make decisions about sexuality sex relationships this is again a workbook for people to really examine their beliefs and their structures around sex and around sexual behavior and relationships so that they make wise, informed choices instead of culturally mandated or reactive choices. So we want people to really make sure the relationship choices they make are knowledge-based and not in some kind of distortion. All right, and then I guess finally we're talking about a, a map to your soul. Yes, so this is my latest book. It just came out in October. And Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and Random House published it. It's doing very, very well. And this book is for anybody that likes astrology or doesn't even care about astrology, but wants a fully expressed life. So this book covers 12 areas of your life and how to bring maximum expression to each of those areas for your own development but also my contention is if you maximize your own expression, you will naturally spill over to helping other people. 
I, I went ahead and I'll just show you something I put up here just for the sake of having this available. Because you talked about the idea of um, the, the four basic elements. Elements, yes. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the elements um, I don't know if that if it's if this yeah that's great or, it or does not. it does yes totally so as you've wonderfully put up this is an astrology wheel everybody has a chart and everybody has all twelve signs in their chart and those signs each have an elemental quality so Aries Leo and Sagittarius are what we call fire signs. And they are expressed through dynamic, bold, fiery, physical energy. Then we have the earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And this is about loyalty, stability, steadiness, service, conservation. Then we have the three air signs, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. And the air signs are about perspective, vision, openness, inspiration, breath. Then we have the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. And these are about the feeling nature, compassion, forgiveness, mercy, empathy. And this makes up the whole mandala of the astrological wheel. And in order for us to be fully expressed, we need to access all four elements. That's the whole premise of the book. That's interesting. Um, when I first looked at it, I was wondering... Uh, I mean, I, I understand those concepts, but I was wondering how you were going to kind of use that to explain the premise that you have in your book, and maybe it's time to go there. Here's the bottom line. We're, we are all made up of these four elements, but all of us, you and I, and maybe you could talk about you, I think people would be interested. So lean into one element more than the other. We just do. It's by the nature of how we were born and what we were born with. But let's say, for me, I lean really into fire and air. Well, that's beautiful. I've got a lot of passion, a lot of ideas. But I'm not always as gifted in grounding and stability and particularity or feeling. And to the degree I'm out of balance, that causes me and others problems. So what about you? Which elements do you think... I brought along my uh, chart today, my natal chart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll put it up here, mm -hmm. and I will bear myself to the rest of the people that are watching. Mm -hmm. So that's me. Well, well, you start off with a ton of earth, that's for sure. Um, so you've got a, a you've got a good spread here, but the predominant thing is. Well, you're kind of equal, but a lot of air and earth. So that would mean the thing you're lowest on in the chart by far is water. 
So how does feeling show up in your life? Like, that's how I would look at it. How yeah. does a lot of feeling show up in your life? Who carries all the feelings for you? Just curious. I would say that my wife does. Exactly. Because that's what happens. That's the whole point of my book. To the degree we don't own something, it shows up in the people that we love, either good or bad. But if you were to become more tender and more revealing and more vulnerable and more in touch with your feelings, this would balance you out and take some of the burden off of your wife. Hmm. That's how that works. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I always tell people, um, uh, well, I don't want to, I think I should maybe leave you because you're, you're going in a direction that's important to me. And, and obviously you can tell already <laughs> that feelings are like really like low in the uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. They're uncomfortable. And so that, becomes a place for you to do a workout. Just like if, as we get older, I've been told that we need to do more upper body exercise because our shoulders tend to cave in and all of that. Hmm. Well, I've started doing that because I want to be physically healthy. And I'm saying on a soul level, if you want to be emotionally healthy, you have to develop the water part of your psyche and your life in order for you to be more in balance. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, too, because I um, I have been, uh, recently at least, I had kind of changed books that I read. I, I don't want to go into a whole thing here, but um, many, many years ago, back in the early 70s, I began reading uh, Ospensky and Gurdjieff. Yeah, and, there, that goes great with air. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> however, however, uh, so that's something I've been doing along along the lines for years and years and years but not as much as I should have been. Recently, within the last couple of years, I began rereading re all of it, especially uh, In Search of the Miraculous and, and a few of the other books. Mm -hmm. But I began to realize that for me, mm -hmm. and I don't like making these shows about me, but in this particular case... No, I, I want to hear about you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if the rest of the people do. No, I think they do. I think you're a good example because we can use you as what I'm talking about in my okay. book. Because those people are philosophers. That's mental. That's air. So keep going. Well, I had always known and, and, and acted this particular way, which is as, as an air sign, I spend all my time uh, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, but am I actually doing anything about the issues? And so for about uh, maybe the last three or four years, I began uh, using the um, Fourth Way book. Mm -hmm. And instead of just reading it and saying how, that, how interesting that was and how, how much I could philosophize over it, I began putting into practice things like uh, external consideration, internal consideration. Those I know are terms that a lot of people are not familiar with, but just to be quick on those two. External consideration is how are you considering the feelings, the needs, and the, uh, the important issues of the person or persons that you're speaking to or, 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 or you know, communicating with at the moment? Mm -hmm. Versus internal consideration, which is, are you considering only your issues mm -hmm. and then projecting them into them and not having any communication at all with what they need? Well, I, was, I noticed that one of the things that I did on a regular basis was I was very strong on internal considering, which is I always made sure that I knew what I was feeling, what I need to know, 
what how it was affecting me and i was not at all even thinking about the other person and as a result uh, i had been a certain type of personality for a long period of time so that's what i've been doing lately just to, just to talk about the idea of, of emotional issues and well that is the best example ever of shifting from the mind to the heart taking knowledge and putting it into an empathy practice that is water and so you use this incredible tool to then challenge yourself to move into your heart instead of just in your own brain which is very mental that's a great example this is where astrology is very helpful when you see that you preference air as an element i do too you do that's not bad it's a strength you have an incredible mind i have an incredible mind i have idea euphoria i love my mind you know great it's not the end it's the beginning of exploration and notice that mental people are drawn more to mental activities when to balance ourselves out cardio is good working out is good bringing the energy out of the mind into the body and letting it metabolize so these are the strategies i talk about in the book in 12 different areas so i want to outline the areas in the book then please i want to tell people that are watching or listening go to jenniferfree.com pick a bookseller to buy the book through there and then come back and give your receipt and you'll get over $100 of other free books it's a really great thing right now so jenniferfree.com yeah here let me let me show people that while we're talking so they can okay. see that so the 12 different areas that the book explores and there's really good practical exercises on each area is self presentation values and resources communication home and the feeling in your home creativity and romantic love health habits partnership and support languages sex travel inside and out in your belief systems career and legacy kinship the sacred crew and spirituality and psychic abilities all those 12 areas are covered with very accessible practical exercises and you can do it alone you can do it with a friend partner family it's meant to be useful yeah and th- and that's very important that you bring that up about the partner or the friend or the family or whatever whatever people are going to put around them because too often people think that they can just isolate themselves <clears throat> read a book do these things on their own and what they don't realize and of course I want to be careful about how I say this but what they be, what they're not realizing is that you're not the best judge <laughs> of what you are uh, learning or or trying to learn or what you're doing and you need to have someone on the outside say no 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 <laughs> that's not the way it is this is how you really are and then you can start to put those things together or at least that's my experience well i have a good story about that so my i've been with my partner rendy for 26 years and 
love of my life. We're doing great. And about nine years ago, we saw online, there was this test about your self-awareness. And I was so confident. I'm going to ace this test about self-awareness. And she's much more humble than me. And she went, I'll take it too. And then it turns out I scored really low on self-awareness and she scored really high. And forevermore, we laugh about that. To your point, if I'm in my own bubble, I thought I was really self-aware. And she was just being humble, like, yeah, we'll see. And sure enough, I scored really low. And then I could laugh at myself. And we, we talk about it sometimes when I'm delusional about whatever. And she'll go, remember the self-awareness test? So we need loving mirrors. And loving mirrors are people that will highlight our strengths and really call upon them and recognize them. But they'll also say, Jennifer, are you cuckoo right now? I mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I have those great people in my life and it's my, what I call the sacred crew, which I, I believe astrologically speaking, this is going to be the essential ingredient for happiness from 2023 on is having a sacred crew. Oh, and I, it's it's funny. I, I mean, I agree in so many ways that I have to be careful. And I'm just not sitting here like a yes man or something. But um, yeah, it, it is really, really important to have this reflection. And it just doesn't have to be people that you live with. The whole no. reflection, everything that's happening yeah. out there. Matter of fact, I find I have more of a problem uh, with with certain situations that really reflect all the things that are wrong with me at the moment. And yet there it is. And I know I recognize them now. I never, I didn't always recognize them, but they are there. So the world really is the teacher or a teacher. Yeah. Well, wherever you are activated out of a peaceful heart, there's your mirror. (laughs) Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you please. All right. So, how you know i'm thinking about the book now uh use your planets wisely this must be part of this information that that you're imparting right now yes well for example you're an aquarius i'm an aquarius sun in the book it will take you through what the sun means in the chart which is your basic energy your basic ego your basic identity we'll talk about that And then it will say sun through the signs. So you can now decide, oh, I'm a sun in Aquarius or I'm a sun in Aries. Sun in Aquarius, if you're in what's called the primitive state of sun in Aquarius, that means the reactive fear-based regress state. Sun in Aquarius, people can be cold and arrogant and distant and absolutely full of their own self-affirming ideas and not very connected to anyone else. That's primitive. When we're functioning, the adaptive state, I call it in the book, Sun and Aquarius, we're really good networkers of the community. We do shows like what you're doing. We bring people together. We're visionary. We're open-minded. We're accepting. That's a beautiful adaptive version of Sun and Aquarius. When we are evolving, which is hardly ever, by the way, but we're reaching for this, 
a sun in Aquarius lays down their life on behalf of community, there is no more egoic attachment to look at me or see me. It's how can I become a pathway for the community to rise? So there's these three levels and the book goes through each planet through your sign and then describes a way to upgrade the way that you're behaving through that energy. There were so many, so many books here uh, that I wasn't able to to really get involved. Yeah, well, it's a lot. Tell me a little bit about creative well, expression. I, I again, a personal story. I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet that I was raised by a mother and a father, where I never had a critic around my creativity. I have absolutely uninhibited, non-perfectionistic, free-flowing creativity. Luckiest person on the planet. Mostly the teens, parents, educators, people I've worked with have all kinds of hangups around creativity to the point where many people have said to me, I'm just not that creative. Hmm. Well, it's very much like if you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. What I believe is if you exist, you're creative. It's just what are you doing with that creative energy? So this creative book is a workbook to help people access a million different ways to be creative. Part of the problem that we have now in this culture is people think creativity has to lead to money or fame. And so they don't even begin. Like I can't be JLo or I can't be whatever. So I'm not even going to do this. And we forget that creativity is crea, it's life force. It's like when we're creating, whether we're baking a cake or writing a poem or drawing a drawing, it's life coming through us. Why would we dare shut that off? Because it's not going to be monetized. That's ridiculous. So that's the, that whole workbook is, is about just play, just get creative again. Today is a full moon in Gemini. And what is a full moon? But it's something coming full. And Gemini is ruled by Mercury. It's an air sign. So what is the very best thing to do tonight? Burn all your resentments in a little fire, a safe fire. You know, light them up, burn them, and decide what you want to be full of. What do you actually want to be full of and bring to the world in your fullness? The qualities you want to emanate. And that is a great thing to do on a full moon. One of the things that I really enjoy about astrology, and you're definitely probably the right person to comment on it, and that is that people think, or not everybody, but most people, think that those planets out there are just lumps of dirt or whatever they're made out of, that they have, they're nothing else. Mm -hmm. And I've been a long supporter of the idea that these planets out there are, uh, and this is not an original idea, it's just that I buy into it, but they have emotions, they have intelligence, um, they are real entities not like in the myth mythology that we even the word mythology is not fair i don't think but what i think people don't understand is is if you look at it that way then it is not hard to understand that 
because of their size and their positions, they have tremendous influence on the uh, on the individual uh, and the culture and and the the entire planet. And our our egos are so out of control that we don't even really have the possibility of believing that thing, much less accepting it. Well, I think if anybody looked at us right now from thousands and millions of light years away, they would think that we're non-entities and we don't matter and who cares. But I think the fact is we are in a universe of saturated meaning. There's cycles. There's things beyond our knowing. But there is such clear evidence that everything's related. Quantum physics, everything's related. And one of the best proofs of that for any cynic is somebody got a virus in China and it changed the entire world. Like we are interconnected and take that on the cosmic level. There is a movement of a planet and the whole world is in response to that movement. We're all and everything connected. Uh, this will be, I think, is an interesting story. I'll tell it. Um, when my wife and I met, we were in college. And um, she liked astrology. <laughs> and I thought astrology was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever come across. But, you know, I was dating her. <laughs> so I would be careful about what I would say. Finally, um, somewhere around after five years, we'd gotten married, and and we went through this thing once in a while about astrology. And finally, she said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. She said, I met this woman at this class, and she's a, she was teaching the class in New York. She said, I'm going to give you a natal chart. So I said, okay, you know, great. Thank you very well, much. Yeah. I'll look at it. Well, here was the shock of all shocks. <laughs> After reading this chart and all this information, I realized that my entire life was right there on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's I pretty my astonishing. Life was so special. Yeah. I thought I was making so many uh, important decisions, <clears throat> excuse me, on my own. It it was absolutely incredible. That was and the experience turned me around completely. Obviously I went and took the class, then I started learning about these things, and that was like the, the opening of, of an entire area that had been wasn't even there wasn't even an area <laughs> I had no I use or anything. Go ahead. I think your story really illustrates a shift that we all need to make, which is you were special embedded in a cosmic divine orchestration. You weren't special, exceptional. This is the big shift we have to make. Hmm. None of us are exceptions. We're all part of a really big cosmic dance. And so you went from, I'm determining my own destiny. I'm this sol solitary ego making this all up as I go to, oh, I'm an instrument of the divine. What a better specialness to be.
I can't even uh, respond. <laughs> but but thank you for saying that. And and um, what what is what was your background? Because I noticed, for example, you referred to, and I want to just read this correctly. You call yourself a depth psychologist, and I think when I was mm-hmm. opening up, I said. You know, uh, I don't know what that is. What what does that mean? Well, specifically, I got my PhD at Pacifica in depth psychology, and the depth psychologists, formally speaking, were Carl Jung and Freud and their descendants, and they basically were the first psychological professionals to talk about the mysteries of the soul and the unconscious. Not everything was what you saw. There were definite energies behind the scenes, if you will, Mm -hmm. that motivate us and plague us and haunt us and enchant us and all of that. So it's just, and my educational background is studying dreams and is studying complexes and patterns that are below the surface and that's why astrology fits perfectly too because it's showing a map of your soul like what happened to you whether or not you want to examine it or not there it is (laughs) the patterns you're born with the opportunities you're born with the karma you came in with that kind of thing so that's my fascination well i had never come across that term before so I, 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 I knew I wanted to, to find out what that well, meant. Well, that's basically Carl Jung and everyone after him that believed in the unconscious and the dream life and magic and all kinds of things that up till then people were denying or trying to make into the kind of witchy shadow. You know, it's interesting. I've, for some reason, I've gotten so personal on the show, which I usually don't i I usually hang out (laughs) i'm really happy you are when i had this quote-unquote unveiling (laughs) of the mysteries of of life or what appeared to be mysteries and um spent a great deal of time in um in europe uh about actually for about six months i was with uh my wife and actually were with, with uh Marishi Mahesh Yogi. And we, oh, uh, we, we uh, became TM teachers and went all over the world great. teaching TM and all that stuff. And we still do that program. Not that there aren't other forms, but that's just... Yeah, but that's do. a good one. Yeah. But the, the, where I'm going with that is that there's an interest, there's an interest, I think, especially with, I would assume, air signs. Um, well, that's quite an assumption I'm making, but there might be an interest oh, okay. to say it that way. Yes, yeah. In this this uh, miraculous, the miraculous world. Matter of fact, the book, one of the books I've been reading by Spensky is In Search of the Miraculous, which was his uh, journey to to finally you know spend all of his time with Gurdjieff. The reason I'm talking about this is that it's not for everyone, and I and I always I'm always careful about that because I don't want to be too preachy. Right. And, and there's a reason why it's not for everyone. And that's not because some people are the winners and some people are the losers and all that kind of stuff. But we have to have a balance of functionality, I guess, uh, on the planet. And so there's a place, I guess, kind of like the uh, the story of the 12. You know, there was the philosopher 
No, not all 12 people on the boat were philosophers. Exactly. <laughs> Just one of the 12 was the, was a philosopher. There were other people that were very important. Uh, and I'm not going to go through the whole story. But the point is that we do need to have all of these different aspects so that we can have a full life, uh, I think, a life that, that, is, that is good for everyone, not mm -hmm. just the person who wants to, well, as an Aquarius, oh, you know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we, there's a lot of talk about diversity, but this is another level of diversity. Not everybody needs to carry the same mission or the same purpose it would really wreck everything. I mean, there's the miracle seekers, there's the gardeners, they're the heart-centered people that keep us all feeling warm and safe. We have really different capacities, and I think it's very important that we don't want or try to make anybody in our own image. Absolutely. I wanted to um, talk a little bit about this book I, I know that i know that we touched on it but i love the title use your planets wisely tell me a little bit about maybe some underlying issues that that are in that book the one thing i was assuming was you say use your planets wisely does that mean that you can take a situation which an astrologer might say oh you have a square and this is what that means squares are just uh, someone I'll, I'll stop and let you continue you hear a lot like oh you're a scorpio stay away you're doomed whatever you know because scorpio is in a water intense sign the whole book is about you keep deciding in every moment and every day how you're going to use the energy that you've been given through these planetary archetypes. So let's just take Mars. If your Mars is in Pisces, that for many astrologers in the old days would say, that's really a bad place for Mars to be. Mars is gonna be in its detriment in Pisces and you will have a really hard time with your body and with sex and with getting things done because you're gonna be so um, just wimpy. Well, we've learned that if you have Mars in Pisces and you use that planet wisely, you can become the best bodhisattva of kick-ass compassion that ever walked with extremely clear boundaries. That's just an example. The whole book takes you through, you have this planet in this sign, this is how to use it wisely as opposed to let it run you in a kind of prescriptive negative way. Perfect, and, and that was what I was assuming and I wanted to say, yeah. See, a lot of people I think, or at least don't like astrology because they don't like the uh, Saturday morning news that runs, you know, the 12 signs. Uh, they don't even know the difference between a rising sign and the, and, uh, so I'm just saying. So, so when they see exactly what you're talking about, maybe not Mars, but I mean, things like, you know, Tauruses, you know, they're so, you know, fixed. They lose sight of all the other things that Taurus can do. So I, I was just thinking to myself when I, when I looked at the title, I said, oh, this is going to be a great book. I've got to get it. Um, I want to learn about the alternate possibilities. Even though I I know a little bit about it, I'm certainly not as 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 educated as you are in astrology. 
Maybe you are. Um, I can tell you that my friends Jenna and Nicholas used my book to completely help their marriage understanding. Because when you both look at it and start to see, oh, we have these choices, then you can appreciate the other's struggle, but also encourage each other to bring out those better sides, those better angels of whatever the planetary position is. So I am very hopeful that with free will, we actually participate with the planets in terms of how we architect our lives. That's a great term, participate. Uh, and be part of it. Be part of it, yeah. as, opposed to, as opposed to looking at it as, that's, they're out there, I'm here, what I'm doing is important. That's no. Thing. Yeah. It's a collaboration, and I never, for myself or anyone else, let them get away with saying, oh, Saturn made me do that, or I can't help it, I'm like a moon and cancer. It's like, no, that's not an excuse, sorry. They, the planets don't make us do a thing. We're in a collaboration, and just like any collaboration, there's input, there's response. There's input, there's response. It's a, it's a beautiful synergy between these cosmic energies and our own volition. All right. Well, I promised you that we would be very careful about the time today. And I Good. That's excellent. That I, no, I really do appreciate the fact that you took time to, to be on the show. And I wonder if you have a few things that you might want to say to the viewers at this moment as we kind of wrap it up. Well, thank you. First, I want to say thank you to your lifetimes of service, Bruce, to the divine of your knowing and to make such good content for people. I think that's a real contribution. So I'm always very happy when I see people taking their talents and making good things. So thank you for that. Um, as for me, I'm passionate about peace on earth and people really feeling filled with their own gifts and contributions. And that's why I write. And I hope people will come to jenniferfree.com and see all the different possible things you can get there. But also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Jennifer Freed because I do a lot of teaching and offering through Instagram about astrology and psychology and spirituality. So those are the things I want to leave you with. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. I, I, I would love to do this again sometime, and I've, and I've really enjoyed it. It's been, it's been fantastic, so thank you again. Okay, well, Aquarius is rule. <laughs> Just kidding. Take right. care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Timeless Voyager series. My name is Bruce Stephen Holmes, and I hope that your own personal voyage through life towards development of your highest potential is a joyous and successful one.